lots and lots of spoilers. Hootmon, och aye, Crivens, pass the haggis and so forth, you great spalpeen. I'll gi you what for. Have a taste of hate, you scunner. Okay, I'll I'll stop that now. Did that hurt? It it kind of did. <laughs> As you may have guessed, this week on Max Mike Movies, we consider our we continue our series Pixar picks, and this week we've picked a Pixar pick full of pickled peppers. No, well, we didn't. Not really. No. <laughs> No, we're discussing 2012's Brave, Pixar's first and, so far, if I'm right, the only foray into the princess genre, so beloved by their benevolent and iron-white-gloved overlord Disney. Being Pixar, they don't exactly follow the Disney blueprint. Or do they? Dun-dun-dun! No, no, they really don't. Sorry, (laughs) I mean spoilers, they don't. Oh. Yes, sorry. Uh, I am your kosher-kilted host, Max Levine, and over there, pinned under a badly-tossed caber, is your other host, MacMike MacLuce. Uh Ow. Ow. Yeah, caber hurt. Get the caber off you. (laughs) Come on, Um, they're just those little things you put in salads. No, they're telephone poles, because (laughs) somehow the Scots, in their... In a mist of Scotch delusion, said, "Hey, you know, it would be fun. Let's lift that tree and let's see who can throw it over them, over it once over at least, and win." Sure, because we hate ourselves. Hey, oh no, I got one. So pick up the heaviest rock you can find, right? Yeah. And I'm yep. going to string this pole between these two trees. You need to heave that rock up over your head, behind you, over the rope to win. No, no, not straight up, so it might come down on your head but back over your head and over the that's why the official emblem of scotland is the hernia (laughs) (laughs) but before Uh, we get we we get any hernias here we've got some business you can of course check us out at our website maxmikemovies.com for our entire back catalog of hits streaming back over 50 weeks ago Uh, you can also of course find us on your favorite podcast app the google podcast app or uh you can find Apple. us on the Apple Podcast app. You can also find us on Spotify and iHeartRadio. Oh. And by the way, on iHeartRadio, we are apparently big in Finland. <laughs> Seriously, I googled us and it's the iHeartRadio.fi site showed up. Finland. Ooh, the whole page Finland. is in Finnish. I'd like to say a big hello to our Finnish friends. Hello, yes. Finnish friends. Hello. Uh, yeah, Spotify. Yep. And uh, you can, of course, email us with questions, comments, Dark rituals, curses from beyond the the seven seas, haggis recipes, yes, haggis recipes, or even per- perhaps some freeze dried haggis, Ooh. at us at maxmikemovies.com. Hey, I got and, a quick uh, question for you. Sure, um, uh, kosher kilts. Does that just depend on how you kill it? <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Okay, yeah, as long as it doesn't bleed. Okay, good. <laughs> and uh, now we have a lot of trivia. Ooh. Ooh, yes. The show. Uh, this one this this one took six years. Not you know, a lot of them take a long time. Budget was about you know, they're never exactly specific on some of these, about 185 million. Worldwide gross, about five hundred and thirty-eight million. It's a success. It's not gigantic, it's not one of their colossal hits, but that, you know, made three times their money. It's no cocoa. No, it's no cocoa. Mm. Yeah, and that's Kokomoko good. <laughs> it's going to live forever. 
Especially that Coco. <laughs> this is also the first Pixar movie set entirely in the historic past. It's probably around the 12th century. Sure. We, well, no, we, we kind of, there are, uh, according at least to a couple of websites, there are indications of that era uh, in both the way they dress and also, just a little thing, there's a chess set in Merida's room. That's the Lewis Chessmen. Which is oh, one of the yeah. most that they were unearthed in Scotland in 1831, and they're from the 12th century. Yeah, somebody found an, um, a missing piece fairly recently, mm-hmm. and it's like, oh yeah, my grandma's had that forever. What do you mean your grandmother's had that? <laughs> There's only one of them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, very famous. The original title of the movie was "The Bear and the Bow." Not sure if Would that it, wouldn't have been better. Yeah, um, almost, most of the actors, with one notable exception, are uh, all from the UK. A lot of them are from Scotland. One of them, uh, Kevin McKidd, who plays Lord MacGuffin and Young MacGuffin, <laughs> which is a great name, we'll get to that, was particularly happy to work on this project because he has a really thick, natural Scottish accent, and he always has to suppress it. This is like <laughs> one of the first time in years he's been able to use it. Wow. Young MacGuffin, by the way, who is largely unintelligible to everyone else in the movie when he talks... He's speaking a real language. It's called Doric. It's a uh, dialect of uh, Scots English from northeastern Scotland, which in, and including the part where Kevin McKidd is from in Elgin. Uh, it, you don't even have to go that high. I remember when we were in Glasgow in uh, in 1985, there was a point where I was playing an arcade game somewhere in Glasgow, as you do, and this kid came up to me and started talking to me. And I was like, I'm sorry, I didn't, I didn't understand. And he said something again. I was like, I'm sorry. And finally, I just said, I'm sorry, I only speak English. <laughs> and our friend Matt was with us at the time. He said, um, Mike, he is speaking English. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, we'll, we'll get to that, too. Um, I, a lot of the software for this movie was particularly impressive. The two additional programs had to be developed specifically for this movie over three years. One of them allowed the simulation of Merida's 1,500 strands of hair curls mm-hmm. to move together with her movements. An entire software package just for her hair. They were so proud of the hair in this movie. <laughs> yeah, in the scene, We've achieved hair! <laughs> yep. yep. Uh, in the scene to, with, where Princess Merida and Queen Eleanor have a big fight, Dame Emma Thompson actually worked herself into an intense motherly rage and ad-libbed the line, there'll be fire and sword if it's not set right. <laughs> Apparently really intimidated uh, Kelly MacDonald, I believe that was her name, who, uh, play, who voices Merida. Hmm. Uh, we do see there are some Pixar Easter eggs. The Pizza Planet truck is in this movie. Oh, dear gods, really? Yeah, it's in almost every full-length Pixar movie. It's in the witch. It's a carved thing in the witch's hut. I, you know, yeah. we got to the witch's hut, and it's like, I know there are Easter eggs here. I refuse oh, yeah. to look for them. Yeah, I know. that's pretty much yeah how I felt. This There's a bunch of firsts in this movie. This is the first Pixar animation uh, movie to feature a female protagonist. She's also the only Pixar character to be an official Disney princess. What an honor. Yay. Merida is also the first Disney princess to have brothers, not to mention both parents. <laughs> Which is, you know, that's really non-Disney. Both parents, and they live. They live through the movie. <laughs> hey, Disney, it works. The yeah. parents are fine. We yeah, have no you, problem with mom and dad. You do not have to murder mom in every movie, okay? Mom, don't go near the balcony. Ah! 
Now, to be fair, later when we had Tangled, Rapunzel, uh, her parents were still alive. She just, you know, they don't get any lines. No. <laughs> uh, it's also the first Disney princess not to have a love interest. There was a scene that got storyboarded where Merida gets interested in young MacGuffin, but they got rid of that because they really wanted to focus on the relationship between the mother and the daughter. Mm. She is also the first Disney princess not to be based on any pre-existing literary or historical character. Mm. She is she is technically the third Pixar protagonists not to have a love interest after James Sullivan from Monsters, Inc. and Remy from Ratatouille. Hmm. Unlike Sully and Remy, Merida doesn't have a sidekick or or a sidekick with a love interest. Uh, while we do have the clan Macintosh, which is common in Scotland and a well-known type of Apple, here it's probably a reference to the Apple to Apple computer and to Steve Jobs. The movie's dedicated to him at the end. Uh, Merida, you notice, we, she, the only time thing we ever see her eat are apples. And very often, you just see her with an apple with one bite taken out of it, which is the <laughs> Apple logo. This is true. I, You know, I didn't notice. It's fine. Yeah. They hadn't owned them for a long time at that point, but yeah. whatever. Uh, Disney Pixar actually registered and copyrighted the official tartan pattern of the Dunbroch clan, which is Merida's clan, it, with the Scottish Registrar of Tartans in 2012. I actually have all the colors here. I'm not going to read them. It's not very interesting. Hmm. Uh, Castle Dunbrock. By the way, Dunbrock translates to brown badger. Oh. Yeah. Hmm. There are also a couple of little shout-outs that only Scots would get. Or mostly only Scots would get. At one point, Merida gets really upset and says, Jings, Crivens, and help my boab. This is a catchphrase from a famous Scottish com comic strip called Ur Willy, or excuse me, Ur Wooly, W-U-L-L-I-E, a staple in Scotland since the early 1940s. Ah. Yeah, when Merida is putting together a tray with the enchanted cake she's going to give her mother, she puts a flower on the plate. The flower is a thistle. That is the official Scottish national emblem. By the way, Kelly MacDonald, who voices Merida, was in her 30s when she voiced the teenage Merida. Really? Yeah. <laughs> wow. Okay. Yeah. Now, of course, because this is a Pixar movie, everyone's favorite John Ratzenberger is mm -hmm. in this. Did you figure out who he was? No. Yeah, it's because he's putting on a very fake, very heavy Scottish accent and doesn't have much of a line. He is Gordon the Guard, the one who loses half his mustache. Ah. That is, in fact, probably his least recognizable role in all of his uh, characters. Gracias. Gracias. <laughs> yes, exactly. I think that that's probably the one he has the because that is lines only one word in uh, the movie. I think he has a couple. Yeah. Uh, he's also one of the very few actors not from the UK. Mm. This this is the seventh mo Pixar movie to win the Academy Award for Best Animated Feature, and uh, it's also a bit of a Harry Potter uh, reunion. As we've got Kelly McDonald is in it, Robbie Coltrane, Emma Thompson, and Julie Waters. Uh, Walters. Who does Robbie Coltrane play? I don't know. Ah, Kelly. But uh, sorry, Kelly McDonald was Helena Ravenclaw, the Ravenclaw oh. ghost. <laughs> okay. Yeah. There's, there's a. Oh yes. By the way, it was originally not supposed to be an archery contest at the beginning to determine the suitor for. Uh, 
for Merida, it was supposed to be a haggis tossing contest. You don't toss them, you eat them. Yeah, I know, but oh. apparently they they thought it wasn't Scottish enough, but uh, they, they eventually went with the archery contest. Is that that's, all your trivia? That's all my trivia. There's a ton of other stuff, but... I have uh, one little piece I'd like to throw ah, in there. sure. Um, this is uh, not the first. This is actually a continuation of a stream of Pixar movies that has absolutely nothing to do with Rogue Warfare 3. Did you know that? <laughs> now that you mention it, yes, I really should have brought that up. It really doesn't fit anywhere into the con- continuity of the Rogue Warfare series. To the best of my knowledge, it does not. And um, as far as I know, this is going to be a continuing trend with Pixar <laughs> that they will not work in anything to do with Rogue Warfare 3. Hey, hey, hey have you never... seen that movie, Max? I hear it's quite the thing. <laughs> never say never. <laughs> Rogue Warfare. <laughs> Three. Three, uh, yes. Uh, plot the, now the that plot. does not include... <laughs> Warfare. Rogue warfare. Yes. <laughs> Someday they're going to send us a check. They really? Oh, sure. Yeah. <laughs> they weren't going to send us a check initially. They were just going to send us some free copies of the movie. Uh, sure. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, in ancient Scotland, Merida, teenage princess. Teenage princess. Sorry. Don't ever do that again. I, I, I promise nothing. <laughs> First born, born of Clan Dubroch is a fiercely independent spirit who takes after her wild warrior father, Fergus, rather than her calm and dignified mother, Eleanor. Queen Eleanor is determined to turn Merida into a lady, a proper daughter of a clan leader, and hopes to marry her to the son of one of the other three great clans in hope of cementing peace in the land. Merida chafes at having her freedom taken from her and having her fate decided by others. She runs off and finds a witch, uh, sorry, a woodcarver, and asks for a spell to change her mother. Well, Merida may mean that figuratively, the witch takes a more literal approach and gives Merida a spell that changes her mother, and by accident, her three little brothers, into a bear. The very kind of beast that took Fergus's leg. A nasty, quasi-supernatural creature called Mordu, which means the dark one, who makes several appearances in the movie. The transformation Mm. leads to a change in the relationship between mother and daughter, and both learn very important lessons, Greg. I'm sorry, I mean... (laughs) They learn very important lessons, including how to unbear everyone who is not supposed to be a bear. Well, hmm. I well, one. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, that, she also unbears the, the the three little boys get turned back. Oh yeah, I don't think they would have cared one way or the other. I, really, oh, that, the, that's it for the plot, though. Right yep, before we uh, get to her. All right, yep. so now we pause. The lowdown. Okay. Hmm. Um, so now this is one of the films that we chose or we put in line for not the greatest mm. that. That being said, there's stuff in here that works very well. Yeah. Um, it embraces the Scottish culture, yep. sort of. <laughs> um, it's a little, you know, music hall, but sure. A little. Um, oh. It is beautiful. Oh, lovely. God, Especially- the, the landscape. Yeah, the oh. opening the woods. It's like I just sat there feeling so sorry for all of the animators and artists. It's like, no, okay, now that you've finished doing that tree, we need about three thousand more. How, <laughs> can you stay for the weekend? Um, and the changes of light, uh, Merida's hair, um, which is awesome. Yeah, um, I gotta say, she the character design in this film in general, I really like. Although all the guys, except for I think one, are pretty ugly. <laughs> They're, the guys are way more cartoon looking. Yeah. 
I mean, um, but you see Merida and that that hair, like you instantly know who she is. It's like, oh, she's trouble. <laughs> oh, yep, you're you're gonna have yep no no um and i feel bad away from eleanor because it's pretty obvious that she didn't inherit much of anything from eleanor <laughs> neither did the boys it's just like mm. all of the genes from her side just like uh i, I whatever they want to do is fine with us <laughs> um, yeah yeah so some she, things work very well. Yeah, I think, you, I think so. Uh, I, I again, like you say, visually it's just gorgeous. The way water works when she goes up to mm-hmm. the uh, what was it the, the firefalls to right. drink for the firefalls. So I remember thinking, okay, you're a princess. You're the next in line. It's a little irresponsible free climbing up what is effectively El Capitan. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It look, but it looks amazing, and yes, the people and the movement. This is you can really tell Pixar fi- really mastered making human beings look good. Yes, finally, which, as, as we've talked about, took them a little while. Yeah, and you know the ones here are are more cartoonish, and mm-hmm. they'll get even better even on the Disney side when we get films like Tangled. Um, mm. The Tangled characters, there are plenty of just regular looking people, very nice looking people, and cartoonish looking people. They all work fine. And if they'd been able to do that for the Toy Story films, it would have made things a little easier, but whatever. Yeah. Um, I, it's really obvious from the start, as soon as we meet the parents, it's like, oh, yeah, we know whose side she takes after. I love yeah. Fergus. That's Billy uh, Billy Connolly. Billy Connolly, who just knocks it out of the park. He does. He, he is so much fun and very believable. And you just you like him right away. Oh, yeah. And this and, is a guy who you really believe, oh, a bear ate his leg. Eh. And he's just pissed. That's all. Yeah, he's not upset. He's not traumatized. He's just he just now hates all bears. Yeah, which is to be a fair understandable. Yeah. Um, and it's it's a bit perhaps a bit stereotypical, but it is kind of embracing a lot of what the Scots see as their history because. <laughs> It seems like in the past, the only thing that really united the Scots was somebody else showing up that they all decided they hated more. There, there was a line in a Neil Gaiman novel, I think it's Good Omens, where he refers to, you know, the, the Scots even took time from battling their mortal enemy, the Scots. <laughs> I, I'm yeah. sorry, Our, Scotland, out. you're a great country, we love you. The history of Scotland is is not the most peaceful <laughs> there's a lot of inter there was a lot of interclan warfare and it's true and they talk about by the way i kind of like this because they never they don't really come out and say it but they talk about how they united against a common foe now that they, could be one of two things that could either be rome although by right. that point probably not <laughs> by the 12th century rome or it's the more likely the vikings okay because they even although- mentioned that they mention uh I think it's young MacGuffin who slew like two thousand Vikings. Yeah. Um, the other thing too, for for historical uh, humor, um, Hadrian's Wall, which is literally a wall that was meant to cut off the lower part of the UK, which in this case is Britain, uh, England, if you will, from Scotland, was not erected by the by the Scots. It was erected by the Romans to yeah. keep the Scots in. Yeah. Yeah. They. <laughs> It's like we we can't we can't stop them. Maybe we can keep them inside. These people are crazy. <laughs> they're and painting like, their people... faces blue and they're fighting naked. Come on. Yeah, and the Scots apparently it's just like forget it. Just just 
let them do whatever they're going to do. Um, I've been to Scotland twice. I am Scottish. I love the Scottish people. They're a hell of a lot of fun. I can't drink nearly enough to be there for very long. Um, but and I like haggis. I I've had it. I had it for breakfast. I really like it. Um, a lot of people won't even touch it, especially when they find out what's in it. I I I, I love Scotland. I would I would move there if I could. But this movie. I mean, <laughs> it kind, kind of, of nails true. some of their history. <laughs> and again, it nails some of the character in that, yes, they can be hot-tempered and a bit aggressive, but they're also you know, genuinely nice people and they, they love each other. And yeah. you can tell, they even, they even make that point. While the clan chiefs, uh, you know, scuffle and fight, deep down they're incredibly loyal to each other. Right. Well, at least one of them saved uh, uh, Fergus's life. Of course, he says, well, I was aiming for somebody else. <laughs> well, yeah, but you know I thought I was aiming for you. <laughs> but you, you know he's kidding. Right, and they right. All, they all laugh at that, yeah. I gotta say, for a Scottish movie, how can the little boys not like Haggis? You know, they're, mean, they're actually kind of, kind of down on Haggis in this movie. Well, I don't remember you liking it. I thought it was okay, but apparently I didn't have very good Haggis. I had, like, cafeteria no. Haggis. Yeah, the stuff we once. had... It was just bland. The stuff that I had yeah. later, I re- I just adored it. Like the yeah, first no, day I'd we were in Scotland, again. I would love. Yeah, to try it. I went and had it for lunch, and I'm like, oh, this is good. Then they offered it, and they, the, the Scots don't eat it for breakfast. That's you know, that's not a thing. But they had it in the buffet, so I was like, hell yeah, I'll eat it. And I must have had it like five times, and we we're only in uh, Edinburgh for like two and a half days. Um, but I I adore it, um, and I like scotch. <laughs> <laughs> So yep. Scotch no, makes perfect sense because especially the hot, the peaty smoky stuff. The first time I had the really peaty stuff, I was like, "Oh, I get it. They were cold and miserable. That's why they made this." <laughs> it is a bit damp. I gotta say, the Scotland we see in this movie remarkably <laughs> sunny. Yeah, for an awful lot of the time. I'm sure yeah. it is at some points, but not mm. in our experience. Um, no, no. There's uh, some I, odd history stuff in this too. Where they talk about the story that uh, they bring up, the myth of the kingdom being divided into four pieces. That's French. That was a French king who chopped up. That's that whole uh, line everyone ever studied, Latin ever learned, you know, all Gaul was divided into four parts. Hmm. I don't know if that happened in Scotland. I don't think so. I think Scotland was divided into 340 parts. Well, interestingly, the Scots and the French have a very long and deep friendship, and part of the reason is because they both hate the English. <laughs> <laughs> that would do it. Uh, um, also, I think it's interesting, the Scottish uh, symbol is the unicorn, mm. which is like, that, huh? Because it's not an animal you usually equate with them, but like the symbol of the UK is the lion and the unicorn, and the lion is Britain and the unicorn is, is Scotland, which yep. is, oh, okay, yep. not a bear. <laughs> not a bear and we don't run into any unicorns you know it's funny there the supernatural part of this movie is sort of more background you have will-o'-wisps which are part of scottish folklore it's an interesting sure. thing is the will-o'-wisps are not necessarily good things no they are usually now it they're sort of they can be both they're traditionally they lead strangers either to treasure or death right so will-o'-wisps by the way are a real thing they are a uh, phenomenon found in bogs and swamp caused by luminescent phosphorescent gas. Uh, I sometimes get luminescent phosphorescent <laughs> gas. God, what have you been eating? Uh, it kind of doesn't matter. Haggis! Yeah. Uh, that that's, that's where they first came from. Um, 
I also, you know, you mentioned earlier that we get to keep the parents. I love the relationship between Fergus and Merida. Oh, it is so sweet because she's obviously daddy's girl. Totally. And he's so proud of her. Yep. And he's so obvious that he's also, you know, he's he's a man boy. I get it. Yeah. But he's like, you know, I'm the king. But every time Eleanor looks over, it's like, oh, this is great. Uh, I mean, uh, of course, dear, that's what I'm going to do. But I, but Eleanor is so cool also in, at times when all the guys are fighting and she just stands up mm-hmm. and starts walking. And as each step she takes, the fighting gets quieter and quieter. <laughs> and somehow, I don't know how she did this, she drags four grown men by their ears at the same time. Yeah. <laughs> I, I was like, how many arms do you have? <laughs> uh, and but she's, it's clear she everyone is... respects her. You know, they're not, yeah. they may like Fergus better. But she she is a much more commanding presence. She is because he's one of them, right? Yeah. They're all boys, yeah. you know, and they're all into roughhousing. They, they like, want to fight. They want to drink. They play games, and she. That's why that is actually one of my problems with the narrative. Yeah, yeah. and there's a few of them. The big. Let's yeah, start off with this okay, one. Yeah, the one of the ba- the major conflict in this movie is between Merida and her mother. Merida wants to be mm. a free spirit. She wants to do whatever she wants, basically. Uh, uh, she has a point in that she doesn't like the idea that her fate is decided by others, except it's the 12th century and she is a girl. And I'm sorry, that's what happened. You didn't really get a lot of choice if you were a woman. That's no, and I don't think even courtly love was a thing yet. Like no, no, that, most marriages courtly, were courtly arranged. Courtly love was coming up mostly in the English around the 12th and 13th century, but nobody took it seriously. I mean, it was all supposed to be in books. And, right. you know, let's face it, there wasn't a lot of reading. But I don't think there are any books in Scotland in this movie. <laughs> I can't remember. I thought someone kicked over a scroll or something. But uh, Yeah, I, that's, just, that's just mean. It's just I, these guys don't have time no. for reading. They don't care. Uh, um, yeah, these characters certainly fine. don't. But, uh, okay, you can sort of understand it. And, you know, this is, again, it's very tra- a very disney sort of thing you know like oh i want to live mm-hmm. on land and have legs and i you know wanted right. i don't want to just marry gaston i want to have adventures and it's like i don't want to marry a yeah, prince yeah whatever and this, is, it, and this is sort of like that except in this case there's uh, merida is actually kind of annoying that way it's like oh i see you don't mind having the privileges of being a princess but you don't want the responsibility you know you She has a job. She does, but what privileges is she enjoying? Well, she gets to live indoors. I mean, it's the 12th century. (laughs) What do you want? She gets. She gets. She has that. She has a great horse. You know, Angus. She does. Angus is. is, Angus is one of many a long line of Disney horses. He's a Shire, by the way. They're real, a real breed of Scottish horse, and they stand can get up to over 17 hands in height. They are big monsters. They also tend to be very docile. They're believe it or not, sweet, the big ones, the Clydesdales, tend to be actually pretty. Like, <laughs> yeah, whatever. <laughs> yeah, I mean, she gets nice clothing. She doesn't have to go and, you know, chase hunt wild haggis or. Well, but know. she would. That's the thing. That yeah. So, all right, I understand your view of this, and I definitely see it as a historical thing. Like, this is not representing history at all. But how much of the film really is no no that I mean, being got, said hmm. if you want to look at it as a plain disney film she's kind of young to have be thrust into the hands of any of the suitors they bring her 
because she looks to me to be three, four, five years younger than them, and she's portrayed as being kind of 13, 14-ish. I, thought, I think she's supposed to be 16, but uh, mm, she's, a, still... she's one of the first ones as a teenager, but please remember, Snow White was 13. Not in the movie she wasn't. Yeah, in the story she is. Yeah. I, but, oh, yeah. I, I, and I get that that's, you know, I mean, uh, Romeo and Juliet, 13 and 14 or whatever. Yeah, so it was, whatever. It, basically, you were of, a woman was of marriageable age after she had her first period. But this is all made up. Yeah. And it's true. it's using the, the history as literally window dressing. That's all it's doing. Um, it's It's setting up a bunch of constrictions so like we can't do this we can do that we can do this although then it breaks some of them and that's what gets into some of my issues so yeah. one of them but, being why is there an answering machine oh yes <laughs> the witch has basically an answering machine that's a tad anachronistic and never mind the magic magic is fine but yeah she has a cauldron that's an answering machine oh just and it's just it threw me right out of the film yeah. when i first saw it's it. too and, jarring because that's really the only thing well yeah, no? that, that's 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 anachronistic. Yeah, to, yeah, I agree. Although, thankfully, I didn't see the goddamn pizza truck. But whatever. Yeah. Um, the witch, I think, is one of my first big problems. Yeah. Um, the whole part with Mary that you're saying didn't bother me as much. I don't disagree with you. It just that part didn't bother me. Okay. Um, but the witch does not work at all. There's no precedent for her. Like, there's no reason to believe there's going to be a witch or that witchcraft is a thing it's just literally oh look wisps i'll go to see where they go because i remember one when i was little this time oh it happens to bring me to a witch's i'm sorry woodcarver's cottage and oh look she can help me and here's the thing when she gets there and there's this witch who's pretending not to be one because it turns out the reason she's a terrible witch is the only power she has is to turn any one thing into a bear well technically she turns four things into a bear in this movie but yes well wood. that's her whole turns, thing <laughs> she turns wood into bears yeah. she turns people into bears that's all she can do so she's pretending not to be one so that she can uh hide in the woods and sell wood crafts yeah, or, yeah that part is never bears. explained is she she is she afraid of persecution the only thing she says is fewer dissatisfied customers yeah i don't even know so, what that means I, I don't know, but she's like, she comes out of nowhere. There's no hint that this is going to be a thing at all. And then Meredith says, I'm here. I want a spell to change my fate. She doesn't say her mother. She says, change her fate. She says both. She says, she says, she says change her fate twice. And even if she did mention her mother, I don't feel it's in her character to choose changing her mother over doing something herself. She's very independent. Why doesn't she say, I need a to spell to get me out of this. I want to become something better. I want to become something that doesn't require me to do this. As opposed to, well, I'm going to make my mom change. I think that, I don't, I don't know, I think you're overcomplicating. I think she has a very basic impulse of a lot of teenagers. I, she wants her mother to listen to her and to change to see things from her perspective to change her mind it doesn't sound nearly as drastic because you don't get the feeling she doesn't hate her life or hate her parents she just wants them to listen that that's she feels it's pretty clear she feels she doesn't really get heard by her mother her mother has a very clear vision of who she's supposed to be and doesn't really brook any change to that and this is so rare an occurrence for teenagers that I'm wondering if any of them could understand. Oh, you know. <laughs> uh, yeah, I but just, it's true. The witch, also the pacing with the witch 
it's so the whole scene is so frenetic, so fast. Yeah. And just so many sight gags one after another. Yeah. You get I mean there are fast-paced segments of the movie, but they sort of draw back and let you take them in or they go on for long enough that they they, they don't feel as rushed. This it just feels like the character the the, char- the witch is a plot device. She's you never get the feeling of her as a character and that's a little unusual in a Pixar movie. Because yeah. usually even the little throwaway characters have personality. Right. And she's 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 not even a MacGuffin, right? <laughs> no, no, we've already got the Lord and Lord and Young MacGuffin. Yeah, yeah. She just feels for me, my my note was she uh, feels totally contrived. And then later, when Merida comes back, it's like, oh no, I've changed my mother into bear. Let's go see the witch. She's left. Yeah. Our, I'm going to go with our our two favorites. Stuff and so, reasons. Yeah, it's pretty much. Oh, she's left because otherwise. You know, I keep thinking of uh, Daffy Duck. Well, I better get climbing this thing, or we ain't going to have any picture. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 convenient. It's yeah. just convenient, and th- there's other things that happen that are just convenient. But to me, I was enjoying the film well enough the first time I saw it. Uh, although it is much leaning leaning much more heavily on comedy than most of Pixar films, um, until we get to the witch, and then I'm just like, wait, what? What is this? Why is this? She just doesn't feel. She doesn't feel like she fits into this film at all. Like, there's no other sense of magic in this film except her and the wisps, which we find out are connected to her. Well, anyway. there's a little bit. There's also uh, Mordu. But she, he's connected to her. True. So, True. like, the only magic is her, and they don't even know Mordu has anything to do with this story that comes up, which, you know, Eleanor tells her daughter to say, basically, hey, you got to do this because the only reason we're together is because all these people did this stuff, except for this one selfish guy who, it turns out, uh, I, well, whatever. Yeah. Um, I just, I, I don't know. Magic doesn't feel a part of this land except for her. It felt very much... If you take a, if you take this exit, this is the last exit before magic, and that's where you are. Um, so I didn't. Okay, the, yeah, witch the witch just is the a witch, problem. The, the witch is a problem. Then we come to the what is the major chunk of the narrative, which is once Eleanor is turned into a bear, and uh, Merida has to get her out of the castle because otherwise, Dad is going is going to kill her. Right. Because that's his instinct to do with every bear. Right. Not to mention the fact, honestly, if you find a full-grown bear in your house or your castle, yeah, it's not unreasonable to say, I think we should kill it. <laughs> you know, that, that's fair. I, I, how it got up there, we'll never know, yeah. past all the guards and yeah. past it, whatever. Well, but we see hey, that later. Know. But then they spend a, lo- a, a fairly long, if somewhat rushed, stretch in the woods together. Mm-hmm. I don't know <laughs> what that's doing there. That was a it's to, show, it's to show Merida the true meaning of being a bear. <laughs> I mean, some of it, again, it looks wonderful. I love little bits like when Eleanor is still trying to be ladylike as a mm-hmm. bear. <laughs> and like trying to, like in effect, hold her pinky up while she eats. Or yeah. trying to carve things. She won't just eat whole salmon like a bear would. But... What's going on? The whole idea is this entire experience is what resolves the tension between them. And I don't see how it does. Well, until then, she had not known fish. Because <laughs> <laughs> uh, it, it, there are those scenes where she's teaching her mother how to catch salmon. 
Yeah. And you might think this is ridiculous, but I am perfectly willing to believe that if, if Merida needs to catch fish, she doesn't even need the bow. She can just get catch salmon. We, we see her do that. She actually yeah. grabs one out of the water just with her hands. The only thing I can see that makes sense is that of all the characters in this film, and they talk a little bit about the land and the people in the beginning of the film, of all the characters in the film, the only character that doesn't seem to have any connection to the land at all is Eleanor. Oh, I don't think that's right. It is. She is totally about rules. She is totally about uh, how she uh, but she she's supports a- herself. She's totally about not fighting. She doesn't know anything about hunting or fishing. She doesn't know the berries she found are poisonous. She knows nothing about living outside the castle. Uh, well, again, I think that's not true. We see that earlier in the movie that she's out and about, like on the ending up dealing with the Mordu the first time. But also, that's the other thing that she's really interested in is keeping the kingdom together. This isn't about just following rules. She's worried that the whole kingdom is going to fall into civil war. That's right. why she wants Merida to get married. It's not just it's not simply because that's what a princess does. It's because if you don't, people are going to die. It's like I want you to get married to cement the peace. She is the only one who is genuinely committed not just to peace but civilized behavior. But She's committed to it to the point where she's ignoring the wild side of her people in the land. That and is that's true. That's the she, only she, reason I can see that this this whole experience is happening. And it is true. And I don't know if she grew up that way or she walked away from that side of her to become who she is. And I'm not saying she's totally wrong, but she's ignoring something that is important to everybody else in the film. And that's the only reason I can see that learning to be a bear... <laughs> makes any sense i it i just uh, that part just doesn't work for me i i I don't think think it works i I think this i I can see i guess i can see where you're going i thought it was more of seeing how competent merida was on her own and that there were things that merida knew that she didn't and it gave her a different kind of respect for merida she didn't just see her as wild and destructive she saw she could actually take care of herself and she understood the natural world better than eleanor did i could yeah i could see that somewhat but again eleanor isn't just oh i I think we should follow the rules because we should follow the rules eleanor wants to follow the rules so that the lands the kingdom stays together and that people aren't plunged into constant warfare that's not unreasonable she may go overboard she had because she obviously has a very clear picture of the way things are supposed to be and because she's fighting a hell of an uphill battle because well, if you notice, isn't, she there's isn't, just her. I know, about, but all she needs is her look, and that's enough. Yeah, but imagine how hard she's had to work to get to that point. That may be, but she's plus 10 versus Scots. Yeah, <laughs> Very high charisma versus, yeah. versus Scotsman, yes. I think that what, what needs to happen, and doesn't really, is that we need to be given a clue that the mother realizes the worth of the things that Merida loves. It's not that what Merida loves should take precedent, but she needs to understand that these things are important and why they're important. Um, Having a strong queen is not a bad thing at all. And one who can not only take care of herself, but can take care of the land. Uh, Honestly, if, if Fergus died, 
I don't know if she'd be able to control things the way she does because her ways, she's she's walked away from so much of what the other people are like. And I'm not saying that she can't rule and she isn't the one really pulling the string because Fergus would be fine just wrestling all day. But I think that having Merida with those skills and that capable is going to make for a stronger union. Um and that she needs to see that her hunting skills, her riding skills, all the things that are important to all these guys are also important. I'm not saying that that what Eleanor brings to the table isn't, but she. I think that what she's supposed to do is realize the importance of what uh, Merida loves. How that comes out in Salmon, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. I could see that. If they had done something different, if they had made it, done anything else to show that, okay, this is about valuing what Mer- Merida values and realizes it's not, she's not frivolous. She's no. not, she just, un- she is in touch with a diff- the kingdom in a different way. Right. That doesn't come across. No. <laughs> I, and I, I think it could. I think it, it, they wouldn't have had to try very hard. But again, it's still fun to look at. It's fun to watch. Yeah. Then the, what about the the big speech Merida makes? You know, when they're trying to sneak back in the castle, and as a distraction, she gets up and starts talking about who she wants to choose as a suitor, and basically she makes an appeal, which is a tad out of. You know, You're gonna have good, to just let go of the history. You just gonna yeah, have to. Yeah. <laughs> it's. A, it's a, I mean, actually, it's a good argument. She says, "Why don't we let our hearts decide? Why don't we?" see who we actually want to marry as opposed to who being forced into it again not so much history but that kind of defeats the whole reason they're there they're there because a marriage would cement peace right now again she this is something i wish they'd emphasized a little more she points out they don't need the marriage they Mm -hmm. already respect each other they're already loyal to each other the marriage is is icing I don't think that they emphasize that properly. Well, my feeling was that there was a tiny, itty-bitty, if you look real hard and squint and say the alphabet backwards kind of way of them pointing a finger at uh, LGBTQ stuff. How do you mean? So they actually said you should be allowed to love the person you love. which Oh, is okay. The, yeah. And... I think I didn't. I, I vaguely remember reading something about the idea that Merida may, in fact, not be straight. Um, there is no indication to this film except yeah. for that speech. But the the feeling of many fans was that Merida does not end up marrying anybody because she's not interested in the guys. Yeah. Um, and to be fair, <laughs> with what she has to choose from, <laughs> I don't really blame her. I don't know. Young MacGuffin seemed nice once, if you could understand what he was saying. Yeah, and he can crush things with his mighty thews. Um, <laughs> yeah, young, <laughs> young, young, McDon- young McDonald was just sort of irritating, and we yeah. dim well. Yikes. <laughs> ding, dingwall, yeah. Dingwall, yeah. Uh, do you think she'll mind being called uh, Dingwall? Oh, well. Um, <laughs> I like that. You'll, you, you want to be Lady Dingwall. <laughs> and he's so vile, but I absolutely of the part where where old dingwall there master dingwall just ah take a look at this and he turns around and lifts the flap and just shows his nethers yep. to, oh my god it's like that's a very un-disney pixar thing to do but i you know i would sit down for at least one drink with dingwall he yeah. seems to be fun yeah there's also i mean a kind of surprising part is when they're all climbing they get though the men get trapped on top of the tower yeah and then it's implied they make a rope 
by tying all their kilts together. Yeah. And they walk back into the castle, and you can tell they're all naked below the waist. Well, you can tell because you see all their bums. Yes, you uh, see all these butts. You don't see butts in, uh, in Disney films. I see why this was PG. Yeah, I fine. Yeah, and, there, in that speech, obviously, it's 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 really cue-carded by Mom as the bear. Um, and it, it, it works, which is fine, because that's where we see them cementing together. But that... So the whole deal, if you haven't seen the film, is the spell that has been turned... that turns Eleanor into a bear. The witch implies, oh, by the way, I forgot to tell you, the only way you can reverse the spell is if you bring together what was torn apart mend what was torn apart yeah look inside and so what 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 is that thing thing so the thing that's actually torn apart and mended oh, what is it it's a tapestry well, is it literally <laughs> what do you mean is it i don't know i don't know why the spell turns back at the last second and i don't think the audience does either oh, because oh, i see what you mean yeah the, the tapestry i think was was a distraction i think the idea is what turns her back is uh, healing the tear in their relationship. Yeah, which she did half an hour before the end of the film. Pretty much, except I do have to say, it's in that final speech when she thinks she's lost her mother, or is about to, and that she it's the first time she apologizes and says, because all through it, once her mom's a bear, she keeps saying, it's not my fault, it's not my fault, when it is entirely her <laughs> fault. And yeah. finally, she takes responsibility at the end and says, this is my fault. This is all my fault. I did this. I'm so sorry. That's what tear, what heals the me the tear. I guess. That's I the closest felt... I can get. And quite honestly, I had to do all the work because the movie <sighs> does not really make it clear. No, it doesn't. This film is, is fractured in a number of ways. One of them is a very important real-life way. And this would sadly become a trend with Disney and Pixar. This is one of Disney's, hey, let's fire the director midway through the film yeah. films. And the woman who started directing it was fired partway through. She was going to be the first woman who had directed a Pixar film, and then she wasn't because they got rid of her. And I, I don't know, I haven't read far enough into it to find out if her story was more cohesive and the person who came in to replace her, replace her messed it up or what was going on. But it feels like a film that's made by more than one director. It does. It does. And you can, at some points, I, I'd swear you can see where it changes. I think like when they hit out into the woods, it's like, wait, did we walk into another movie? <laughs> yeah and it's it's uh, the comedy in this film i laugh a lot oh, yeah. i like the characters i love the scots they're hilarious uh all of the different clans have their their ways and they're fun in different ways but it's so comedy heavy that when we get to the heavy parts i kind of have trouble taking it seriously because yeah. they don't like the like the fish scene is one of the only scenes that's serious for any length of time and we sit there wondering why we need to learn what it is to be a bear <laughs> Yeah. I mean, is Baloo going to show up? <laughs> no, of course not. Don't be silly. He lives in India. Um, oh, right. <laughs> but uh, it's true. The emotional weight isn't earned. No. To, as I've said before, I think we both said this, the really good Pixar movies are the ones that make you cry. And there and is a moment you are supposed to cry in this movie. Yeah. When, when Merida is sobbing because she thinks her mother is a bear forever. Right. And nope. 
because no. you don't buy it. I mean, you understand, sure, narratively, yeah, I see where it's coming from. They haven't built up the emotional weight for it. It's, no. Yeah, it's not effective enough. And, and I as don't think... Hmm? I was going to say, I don't think it has anything to do with the performances. I mean, it's no. Emma Thompson. I, <laughs> yeah, come on. I, I pretty much never have a problem with Emma Thompson. Emma Thompson's uh, great in this. All, the, all of the voice acting is yeah. superb in this. But it's an example of amazing art and a second-rate story. Yeah. The story and, just... And the character development is too thin. Yeah. And there are some things like... Let me ask you something. What do you think of the little boys, the triplets? They're hilarious. They don't serve any purpose except they're fun, but they don't... It's like, oh, well, they get to do whatever they want to do. Okay, well, I guess we're going to watch them doing whatever they want to do. They like to eat, so they steal food. Yeah, um, they turn I, into bears. Their characters do not change at all. Nope. They're like, yeah, we're bears, whatever. Um, <laughs> I like them, but they're they're useless as characters. I, they they aren't characters. They're plot again. They're plot devices, and you can tell because they never speak. No, nope. they don't get any lines. And this is not because they're not old enough to speak. Hmm. These are kids. Obviously, what are they? Five, six. They should be able I don't to talk. Know. They plot. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> if they're old enough to plot, they're old enough to speak. They, they come up with stuff. They are just narrative devices they aren't people they aren't characters and honestly i think that whole destruction and making mischief and basically being three little dennis the menaces mm -hmm. gets old i don't i mean i get pretty tired of them in this movie quite honestly at the end when we see they've gotten on one of the boats yeah. and are sailing off it's like why are you going after them <laughs> Let him go, man. Come on. I, I didn't get tired of it. I could see why somebody would. It's fine. Yeah, I, but they yeah. literally don't bring anything but laughs to the film. Yeah. And you might even say larfs. Mm -hmm. um, I, I want to quickly backpedal a bit before we get to totally to the end. Um, so we're talking about what's going to to bring, what was rent apart and that needs yeah. to be put back together. There's yeah. a third thing we haven't even brought up. Yeah. And that is Mordu. So spoiler, oh, if you haven't yeah. seen the film, this is giving something away. Mordu. So this is horrible black bear. It is the ugliest, oldest, scraggliest, nasty bear you ever yeah. saw. because it's, it's got bald. old weapons embedded <laughs> in its flesh. The poor thing is probably in constant pain. I don't blame it for it's being got one angry. Eye. Yeah, Fergus's leg was probably the best meal it had had in decades. <laughs> we find out that this is another dissatisfied customer from the witch that he had come to her and saying, "Hey, I want to be." He's the one, oh. one of the four brothers, yep. and he decided he wanted to be the Ur brother. So, hey, make me as strong as ten men, and the best way to do this is turn you into a bear. And he's been a bear ever since. And it's, we get the impression that he's been a bear for a really long time. Um, like yeah. magically long time. Well, yeah, they say whatever. it's an ancient king, so that could be anything. Yeah. So when they finally drop the stone of I don't know uh, of precedent <laughs> on his, on the bear yeah. and kill Mordu, what we see is we see his spirit rise and give a nod to thanks to Merida. So part of the film could have been, oh, you're not bringing back the the um, relationship between your mother and yourself. That's sure we see that. No, you're reuniting the four brothers again because they had been torn apart by his, you know, greed and whatever. And then strangely, his spirit turns into a wisp, leading us to believe that every wisp is a dissatisfied customer that had been turned into a bear. Wow, which means she's been doing this a lot. <laughs> yeah. But it's like there's all these things that just make you go, oh, maybe that's it. Oh, yeah. well, maybe it's this. And then yeah. they throw in the tapestry. It's like, why would the tapestry, why would that matter? I, yeah, it's a symbol. Okay, I get it. But the actual cloth, she's she's on the horse, running yeah. to catch up with she's her mom being killed. She's sewing on horseback. I don't think so. 
And somehow she keeps the three boys, the three bears, uh, on the on Angus, who who somehow deals with this because you know whatever. Um, I I kind of wonder. I can't tell if I want Mordu to be part of this or not. Yeah. I almost don't. No, he's, he's almost like this other plot that I think he was superfluous. Honestly, I don't think he was necessary at all. They could have had something else—a natural disaster, anything. But Mordu is like—he's again another movie. I, it's I, like maybe justification for the witch. I don't know, yeah. but it's—it's it's just kind of kind of. So I, I would like to ask uh, one other question. Now I said I had what just one, but I don't. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, there's a lot of fracturing going on. There's characters we like. There's visuals we love. There's plot elements we do care for. There's fish. Um, <laughs> how would we fix this? What would we do oh, to boy. make this work? Well, I think I would remove the Mordu subplot. If you want, I mean, obviously, you have to have some way to turn Eleanor into a bear because that's that's central to the plot. I guess. Yeah. I, there, there must be a way. She, you know, Merida could have found an old altar or something. You didn't need necessarily the witch. She could have found a druid, something like that. <laughs> Somebody who painted themselves blue and ran naked through the woods. Sure. sure. <laughs> <laughs> oh, woe is me! Woe is me! <laughs> You're fired. Yeah, I am not sure how how I would fix it. How would you fix it? I, I mean, certainly taking some of the steps you did, um, you really want to tighten up the story, which yeah. admittedly is a story we're going to see again, because it's not entirely unlike Coco, really. There's no bears in Coco, but, <laughs> you know, the whole, I don't want to do what the family wants me to do. The nice thing about that is he doesn't have to be king. Um, yeah, uh, it's not like well, what he is, his choice will damn it, will harm people. No, and Moana ends up being the same thing. I don't want to be queen. Uh, or actually, to be fair, it's like, I don't mind being queen, but I want to leave the island. It's like, okay, that she actually has a point, though. <laughs> yeah, yeah, she kind of does. Um, I don't know. I mean, it's. I'd hate to think it's like, well, we're just going to do the same story, but it's in Scotland. Um, there needs to be, I mean, there has to be something happen to the mother that's the cause of Merida. Like, she has to have caused something. I don't know if it needs to be a bear. Um, I know the bears become central to the plot because bears, but whatever. Um, but I just, it needs to be a lot of, there needs to be a lot of stuff cut out and there needs to be a lot of tightening of the strings. I think um, we needed to see more about Eleanor. What I, I think we should have seen a little more from her perspective. Why was she so obsessed with the rules? I'm guessing that it's about peace. We don't really know. No. We, and we she's, have. she's not a character like Merida where you can look at her and go, I get her. We, Eleanor is, has a different depth to her. And it's not a depth you could just see in a character design or mm-hmm. even some simple actions. There probably was something very important that she did. Uh, we don't know. Is she related to those four guys that were princes? Probably, yeah. I guess. Yeah, but we, we don't know. I don't know. Yeah, there's um, that. And, and also, her change of heart at the end is awfully fast and very complete. Yeah. I mean, she's I mean, wearing like, her hair down. She's like, okay, sure, you don't have to marry anybody. Uh. Well, it's not just like when she turns, when her mind turns into the mind of the bear, it's just convenience. It's like, oh, we need this now, so she does it. It's not like, oh, it's sunset. She turned, no, because the next time she turns into a bear, it's it's almost sunrise. So it's just, it's literally random. I did um, like the visual of the way the bear's eyes would change. Sure. When she became, when she would flick back and forth between human and bear. I thought yeah. visually that was, very, that was cool. Yeah. But yeah. It, but mm. yeah, maybe we should wrap up. Do you have unless yeah, there's any yeah. other? Nope, nope. I think that that's really about it. <laughs> yeah, we have to let out the surprise. Yeah, yeah. Um, so you, uh, well, we'll pause first. 
round up. Just makes my life easier. Max, I know you're hosting and I'm yep. taking over your part. But uh, So you saw this when it came out because you see all Pixar films. I did. How did you feel about it when it came out? I actually really didn't like it. I have to say, watching it a second time, I liked it better. Mm-hmm. Mainly, I think, because my expectations were a lot lower. But Brave was coming off a string of really good Pixar movies. Mm. And I remember thinking, oh, wow, they're going to do a princess movie. This is going to be really interesting. And, oh, Scotland, that's cool. And, wow, look, the people look good. The, the trailer, which, by the way, not one frame of the teaser is in the movie. <laughs> but I, I, w- I ended up being pretty disappointed because it is fragmented. But I have to say, this is an odd one because we talked about, we're talking about the highs and lows, the best and the worst. I don't think this is the worst of Pixar. I think this one... And honestly, I think this is kind of why it's disappointing. This one is, eh. And I don't expect, eh, from Pixar. No. This is, there are things in it to really like. There are really good things. It just doesn't get there. Yeah. What, I, what do you think? Same thing. Um, yeah. It was sort of like when I heard Ridley Scott was going to be doing a fantasy film, because Ridley Scott did one of my favorite films ever, Blade Runner, and that was mm. kind of like, hey, you didn't know cyberpunk existed, here's all of it. And I'm like, oh my god, this is amazing. Well, he's going to do a fantasy film? I was, I, I am still, but I was a big D&D nerd when I heard this. I was like, oh, that's gonna, he's going to take on fantasy like nobody else. Oh... Tom Cruise in a mini dress. Oh, right. uh, that that was legend, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, it was. Tim Curry uh, in a costume that will cripple him. And the sad part, the only part you actually see that is Tim Curry is his tongue. Yeah, oh. <laughs> That's literally all that you see of Tim Curry. Yeah. Um, and this film was the same way. It's like, oh, Pixar is going to do a fantasy film. And like you said, it's in Scotland, which is great. And the princess thing, I don't give a crap about princes. We've seen a ton of princesses. I could do without there ever being another freaking princess film but whatever um and it it is gorgeous i have the art of book get the art of book if you like to look at this stuff it is beautiful i like the character designs some of them are a little cartoony they work great the people portraying the characters are a lot of fun parts of it are really funny but the story just doesn't you have it doesn't to do hold too much together work. it doesn't no. hold together you have to do too much of the work and, and i felt like you it's like it's like you can feel yourself being pulled up the story by the rope toe and then suddenly you can't hold on any longer and you're left to go down the bunny hill by yourself that was a weird analogy <laughs> that part was um, interesting but <laughs> oddly appropriate in some strange way so i yeah it's it's mad i still would put it in the quote-unquote worst of pixar just because you spend that much money you put that much work it really is the bottom end of the pile i don't think it's anywhere near the bottom of the bottom it, of the it pile. ain't cars too no and to be fair even still there's a lot of studios that did a lot worse than this <laughs> oh yeah definitely oh yeah there's plenty but, of, oh you can definitely point at stuff that is is worse but i'm sorry this is pixar and they set the bar really high yeah and, and uh, yeah. when they do that they make things that we want to see like um what are we going to see next week next week we're going to see uh Oh, I'll just say it. One of my favorite Pixar films, Inside Out. Because this, it's like Pixar, this is when I I like them. It's when they say, okay, hold my beer. You (laughs) you know, first we're going to do a movie where we make the audience cry in the first 10 minutes, like up. Now we're going to make a movie about sentient toys that should be a nightmare but isn't. 
Now we're going to make a movie that takes place inside an 11 or 12 year old girl's head. <laughs> and one of the Wait. things inside that girl's head is yeah. Lewis Black. Lewis Black, <laughs> who I am sorry is one of the greatest casting choices in the history of film to make Lewis Black the voice of rage. Because that is what he is. You know what I think, Max? I think every 11 or 12-year-old girl should have their own inner Lewis Black. <laughs> I think it would somehow just make adolescence that much easier. I, I think so. Certainly a lot more interesting. So if you'd like your own inner Lewis Black, tune in next week. <laughs> This has been a co-production of The Voice of Max and The Movie Wrench.